Yes, people. Boy, it feels a lifetime since the BFI Flare Festival did its thing. Now, we were meant to do this <laughs> sooner to the end, but things came up. But we're doing it. We are doing our breakdown of the festival, people. So sit back and enjoy. So people, this was the 5th, 50, the 35th BFI Flare Festival. 35th, how crazy is that, right? Now, it wasn't always called the BFI Flare Festival. No, it did start off with a different name, right? But over the years, you know what I mean? They changed things up, right? Change things up just to, uh, I think, incorporate everyone. Incorporate everyone. Because it started in 1986 as Gay's Own Pictures. Right? That's what is its original title. But it soon changed. <laughs> so come the third iteration, it was going by the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival. And it, you know, just rolled on. Kept on rolling on until 2014. That's when it became the BFI Flare. Right, and ever since it's been moving forward in this iteration. So this year's program, it was put together by Jay Bernard, Michael Blythe, Zorian Clayton, Brian Robinson, Emma Smart, and Tara Brown, with uh, Trisha Turtle as the festival director. The film featured a number. Of um, premieres, right? We had, um, what is it? It was, uh, oh my god, Firebird, yes, Firebird and Well Rounded made their world premieres, right? Um, you then had, oh gosh, what's the name of the film? Oh my god, they're so terrible. Um, Jump Darling, Jump Darling made its international premiere at the festival. Oh, so there was a, a lot covered, a lot covered, which was, hey, it was great, you know, because you got to see so many different films. Firebird made its um, world premiere, Rebel Dykes, did I say Rebel Dykes? I can't remember, I might have done. And there was also a lot of first-time filmmakers. A lot of people, their first feature film at the festival, which was, I think it's crazy, right? Because the standard of films was so good. It was so good. Now, everything started out, you know, the festival, it was comprised of um, a, a different... Um, Oh my god, 
spheres, right? Different uh, components, right? Which um, it was it was split into. So you had heart, body, bodies, minds, and you know a number of films kind of inhabiting each each little uh, tear. That was what I was looking for, the word tear. So under hearts, we had boy meets boy, drama-rama, firebird, the greenhouse, kiss me before it blows up, my first summer, Rurangi, sublet and sweetheart. Under bodies, there was um, a few documentaries, such as like the colours of Toby, I am Samuel, no ordinary man, well rounded, and it also had films such as Cowboys, The Dose, uh, Jump Darling, and Valentina, uh, along with the obituary of Tunde Johnson. And then Mines. Minds was also a bit of a mix with some documentaries and films. So we had AIDS Diva, The Legend of Connie Norman, Cured, Enfant Terrible, Mama Gloria, Poppy Field, P.S. Burn This Letter Please, Rebel Dykes and Tove. And then the short films, right? The short films, again, that was split up into different tiers. So we had Beginnings and Endings, For the Record, Heart's Desires, Into the Unknown, Queer as in Question Everything, Shapes We Make, Spaces We Take, and Striving to Be Seen. So... With all of this happening, right, you have to think, like, what am I going to pick, right? What am I going to watch? So, um, yo, we started off, right? Festival started, and we took a look at Jump Darling, which is uh, a film from Phil Connell. Right, and um, Mama Gloria, which is a documentary by uh, Lucina Fisher about Gloria Allen, which is, um, yeah, both extremely interesting, you know, and told very good, very good and very different stories, you know. I, I, I think they were both, man, just, I think the thing with, um, you know, Mama Gloria, right, you had a look, you got to look at, you know, the, everything that was happening at that moment in time, and it was fascinating, right, fascinating at, um, I think the way, you know, Gloria Allen, she just went about her life, always happy, right, because they were using interviews and archival footage, you know, and so you you got to see, and she, 
Man, so happy. And the crazy thing was, as you got further into the piece, right, you then actually found out what was happening in her life. And some of the, man, some of the hardships she went up against, you're just like, how is she still smiling? Right, this is insane. How is she still smiling? You know, and I'd say Jump Darling, that was a, it, it was a look at, you know, I think something a lot of people go through, whether, you know, gay or straight, but it was someone having to make a decision about their life, you know, whether to try the thing they, they love doing, you know, or look for security, right, and that was... That was the big thing for uh, for Russell, you know. He, you know, got an ultimatum from his boyfriend, and he had to then decide what to do. Like he wasn't out out either, so it's kind of looking at a lot of stuff, you know, thinking that you've you know possibly made a change. Right, met someone who you like, and then finds out that that person is um, cloaked in secrets as well. So it, it was very interesting to see it all come together and just the way the story kind of unfolded. You know, two different films, both very enjoyable. So from there, we went and checked out Firebird from Peter Riban and Rebel Dykes, right, from Harry Shanahan and Sean Sheehan Williams. So with Firebird, I think the, the crazy thing was, it's a true story, right? Firebird was a true story, which is just... Damn, you know, because, you know, they're in Russia, and you look at Russia today, right, and there's laws against homosexuality, so imagine, just imagine what it was like back then, you know, and so you've got these, these three friends growing up, you know, they join the Air Force, right, and you know, you've got uh, one of them, he, you know, Sergei, he knows, he knows he's gay, right, but it's like, ugh, what do I do, what do I do, do I tell my friend, or do I just go on these dates, you know, and try and pretend, try and hide in plain sight, so that's what he was doing, right, that's what he was doing, until, <laughs> you know what I mean, until everything changes, when Roman, who's an officer as well, gets placed at the base, you know, and, man, just, just everything that went down, you're just like, ugh, that is so fucking tough. Right, so tough to try and um, get through all of that, 
Uh, Rebel Dykes was interesting, especially because, you know, I think when you live in an area or, a, you know, heavily been in an area which is covered, you know, you're able to, um, I think, bring it to mind even better. And so, you know, I think one of the clubs they were hanging out with used to be near a, a, a place I used to work, right? And I remember walking past the place thinking, that's an odd place to have a fire station. <laughs> and then discovering it was a club, right? So, uh, yeah, you know, you just learn how it was this scene that came out of a peace camp, right? This crazy peace camp that was set up on an army base, which is, again, crazy. But, yeah, just these women that were just like, we don't want to be defined in this way. Right? So you just get to see a whole heap of craziness, you know, all the things that they were doing, and then, you know, decided to make a stand against. It's very interesting, you know? Very interesting indeed. From there... You know, we went to um, your, your, Max Curry's Rurangi, right? Which, um, real interesting, right? Really, and the, I think the real interesting thing was about the film, started off as a web series, you know, but then they recut it and put it out as a film, but... Yeah, I think with the story, the story, you definitely, you know, you understand it. It makes sense, right? About um, a guy who leaves town because, you know, he doesn't feel that he could have really transitioned or come out, you know, the way everything was, right? So we, we see that and then he's gone, he's become this activist, but you get the sense that he's not really happy doing that, right, not overly happy doing that, it's a situation he's kind of found himself forced into, which, you know, I I, I think making certain changes, right, you, you have to find peace with the change before then you do anything else, so we see him come home, and it's just reconnecting with those friend circles, reconnecting with his dad, right, but there's a, there was a lot of heat, because he didn't come home for his mum's funeral, so there's a lot, that you have to unpack before you get to anything. So, you know, it is a well put together piece. It is, yeah, very enjoyable. And then there was Thomas Wilson Wright's uh, The Greenhouse, which, whoa, Greenhouse was so good, right? And the funny thing about The Greenhouse, it's sci fi, right? But, I think you didn't realise it was sci-fi, especially at the start, and then all of a sudden, right, we're going in time, and it was just so well put together, so well told, you know, the acting was tremendous, 
It's such a such a good film. Oh, so yeah, that was day three. On day four, we checked out No Ordinary Man. You know, from uh, Chase Joint, Ashling Chi Yi, Amos uh, Amos Mac, and it was about Billy Tippin. Right, Billy Tip, no Tipton, even who was uh, a pianist, a um, you know, a, a saxophone player, and you know. Uh, a trans male icon And the crazy thing was Right You had this guy Who um, Didn't tell anyone No one knew No one knew Until he died No one knew until he died And supposedly Right Because I don't think there was a den, You know A, 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 a definite this is exactly what happened. But the the word was that when the paramedics came to uh, you know try and revive him, you know obviously they have to you know take the shirt off, right to get to your heart and all of that, and then discovered that yeah, Billy had been a girl, right so. Then everything starts to um, kind of come out, right? Which is just a crazy story. So, it, and and the way they put it together was kind of doing a casting call for um for the story of Billy Tipton. So we had that. Then there are interviews with like Billy's. Um, his wife, and I think a couple of his kids, and then a lot of different historians and researchers and the like, so yeah, really fascinating, and also we checked out Jonathan Wasaki's Drama Rama, which, ah, this was a really... A really sweet piece, right? It was about these kids who were just about to go off to university. So they're having one final party because um, they were all leaving the next day. And it's just how they... um, How they all kind of said goodbye, but, you know, they didn't want to move on. They wanted a keeping this moment of time, but some of them have secrets, things that, you know, they're not sure about revealing, and so over the course of this night, you know, some of these things come out, some of them don't, and it it, it was great, it was very enjoyable, a little John Hughes-esque, as it were, you know, day five, we went with two first-time directors. You know, so there was um, Mallory Morrison's Sweetheart and Katie Found's My First Summer. Right, both of these films were so impactful. 
but so different, right, so different, it was, whew, it was definitely something, definitely something, but, yo, you, you, you had to watch, um, both films with some tissues, people, because, oh, really take you through the ringer emotionally, so day six, we checked out Well Rounded from Shana uh, Maraya, and this was a documentary, so it's a documentary about, um, I think, size and sexuality, you know, so talking about, like, what's it like to be, you know, a, a lesbian and a fuller figure person, you know, what, the, the stigma, and just feeling comfortable with yourselves, and all of that, so, it, yeah, no, it was an interesting, was an interesting piece, and then there was Eton Fox's sublet, which, yeah, that took me from, by surprise, right, I, I wasn't gonna watch sublet, because I think I thought it was subtitled, but it turns out it wasn't, and I'm glad I watched it, right, because it was this fascinating story, fascinating story, I think you could tell that, um, you know, the main character, the journalist, he, there was stuff, right, he, he was dealing with something, but you didn't know what it was, and once you find out what it was, a lot of things do, do make sense. A lot of things make sense, and you can understand some of the choices he makes, right? But, yeah, it, 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 was, it was really interesting to see how he kind of went about things, right? And... You wondered if it was going to help, right? If it was going to help him solidify his future. So, yeah, that was that was good. Day seven, right? We, um, man, we checked out Anna Kerrigan's Cowboys, which thought it was a completely different film, right? Thought it was a completely different film, but it turns into be this. Oh man, like it's kind of a kidnapping, but not a kidnapping really, but kind of, right? Like you're watching the film and you can see, you know, people are in the wrong, right? It wasn't the right thing to do. But you understand it fully. You you definitely understand what was going on, why it happened. But it's sad, right? It, it, it's definitely sad how, you know, things transpire, right? Yeah, you, you just feel like, oh, man, did it have to go like that, right? Did it have to go like that? So that was great. And I got I got to a point where I was like, ah, oh, I need to watch some shorts, right? I, I do need to watch shorts. So, problem is, you've got all of these different strands, 
And each strand had a number of shorts within it. So I settled on the Into the Unknown, right? Which was the blurred lines of love and friendship between women are explored in these poignant and beautiful short films. So yeah, I jumped into that. And yeah, just by chance, right? I I checked out The Cost of Living from Alice Truman, from A to Q, from Emily El Fali, and Love is a Hand Grenade from Jessica Benahu. And man, I picked three outstanding shorts. They really were, and so different, right? Cost of Living was, um, you know, the Grim Reaper. <laughs> the Grim Reaper was there trying to bring a girl out of himself, right? You've got from A to Q, which was two friends trying to work some stuff out. Love and ha- Love is a hand grenade was two friends again, but the situation was totally different. Totally different, but you got it, right? You got it. Now, out of all of these films and these shorts, oh, man, it was just like, what was my top picks? You're trying to think about which films were the ones that really jumped out. And I have to say, right? I don't know if I had a favourite, favourite film Because there were so many that were so good So many that were so good But I think that there were um, Gosh, now let me think, right? Five, I'm going to say there's five films That really stood out Really stood out And I have not stopped talking about Right, I recommended to people, you know, you know, watching it. I told, you know, I was telling people, yo, you need to see this film. You need to see this film. And those five, right, have to be so cowboys, you know, from uh, Anna Kerrigan. Cowboys was whew, so good, so good. Then I would say. Um, man, Drama Rama from Jonathan Wazoki, you know, such a great film, right? We had um, The Greenhouse, yeah, definitely. Um, the you know, The Greenhouse is is one that just you know jumps out, right. It's one that jumps out. It is it's a great story. It's a great story because I I just think the way Thomas Wilson Wyatt puts it together, you know, we're following all of this loss and this hardship and whew, Man, it, it it speaks to you. It really does, right? You you feel the pain. You really feel the pain of everything that's going on. You know what I mean? It, it it's not an it's not an easy film, right? 
But it's a film that has so much to it. Like, just so much to it. It it was... And it was fantastic. So much of it rested on the shoulders of Jane Watt, right? Because she was, you know, a, a pivotal character in the film as Beth. You know, it is, we're dealing with this loss, this regret, hope, love, everything. You know, and then it's the siblings, right? Beth's, her sister and her um, her brothers. You know, Donnie, uh, Rafe, Drew. Fears, I think you definitely have an opinion on them. But as the film unfolds, like... So much makes sense, you know, you understand the decisions that were made, right, and you understand why Beth stayed home, but it's just, oh, it's it's tough, it's tough, but I think the fact that then there's the reconnections, the reconnections, everything like that, that was... That it it was nice, right? It it was nice, and I think the way it ends on, it ends on the possibility. You know what I mean? So you don't know for certain if there's gonna be happy ever afters, but man, it, it's always nice to end on positivity. So there's that. I would then definitely say. Right, the, it it's gotta be, um, yeah, it's gotta be, uh, you know, um, sweetheart and my first summer, because both of those goddamn films, right? Both of those goddamn films, you know, I mean, both written and directed, um. Like Sweetheart from Mallory Morrison, My First Summer from Katie Found, and God damn, like, you know, when you look at Sweetheart, right? So you're, you're dealing with this mum that wants to give her kids one final big holiday, one final big holiday before her oldest daughter has her baby, right? And which then means, you know, her and her boyfriend, they probably won't be coming away as often. But then you've got AJ at that age, right? Where um, she doesn't want to go on holiday with her mum. Doesn't want to go on holiday with her mum. Is frustrated. You know, she's working out her sexuality. Or well, she realises that she's gay. But... Hasn't been able to find anyone, right? And she's frustrated with that. That's what she just wants to meet someone, be happy, and all of that. And so you seeing her rebel, right? Seeing her rebel until all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, she sees Aisha, and then. Woo! Everything changes, but you know it's not an easy thing. Because Aisha, she's the lifeguard. She lives there. 
essentially. So it's you know they're going through the, the, the you know these this situation. There's rumors and all of that, and being you know young, you've got April Jane getting you know angry and. Because she doesn't know what to do, using that as a defense mechanism. So we're seeing everything implode and fall apart. And it says, you get it, right? You get it. Being young, that first love and all of that. So it, it was just so well put together, so well acted from everyone involved. Everyone involved was was tremendous, you know. And I I definitely think that Steve, you know, Samuel Anderson, it's not a huge role, but, you know, the the character really helps change a lot of what goes on, right? A lot of what goes on is that even ship in the storm, you know, so where things may have gone terrible for AJ... He's there and he's able to bring everyone down. Everyone down. So, love that film. And Katie found my first summer. Jesus Christ, right? When you have a film that deals with suicide, you you just are like, wait, what, what's going to happen here? You read it, 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 there's just so much from the Gideon, right? And I think what was great, because I don't think you, I mean, if you look at the poster, you're, you're going to make, there's definitely things that you think this film will be. But I think the path to get to that point, have to get to that point because you start off with these just two girls like one girl who seems seems like she's got everything together hearing like she's happy with who she is everything like that and she has this empathy for this 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 kid who she saw exactly what happened right saw happened she knows she's scared and you see her helping her but then you realise, right, that I think, you know, Claudia has a lot, a lot to offer to Grace, right? Because you think, yeah, as I said, look, Grace knows everything, Grace is fine, but no, Grace needs shit, that even Grace doesn't realise at the start. So we see these two girls help each other, right? We see them help each other and, yeah, just grow closer. And I think the way to feel, because it ends on this point that it's heartbreaking, right? But there is the hope, right? There is the hope that, Things move in the right direction. And god damn it. Whew, it wrecks you. The film wrecks you. So yeah, I would say that those 
those are my 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 favorite films from the festival you know so yeah cowboys the greenhouse my first summer sweetheart and drama rama right they're my favorite films and the shorts well i mean i only saw three Right, I only saw three, but I was so lucky to see three tremendous shorts. You know what I mean? Like the cost of living. Right, which I think you you see this girl, right, and she's very formulaic. Right, I, 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 and I, that's so perfectly told through the way she's organised her bedroom. Right, from the way she's just organised everything that she does in what she wears. And the Grim Reaper brings her out of her shell. Which you're just like, say what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it sounds like a crazy plot. But once you watch it, oh, it's great. It is great. And, you know, so there was cost of living. From A to Q, which is a tremendous story. And I think one of the things I really loved about this story, which is very similar to Drama Armor, right? They're not your typical coming out stories. Not your typical coming out stories. So and they work so well because of that fact, because they don't give you the norm, right? They mix it up. So that was great. And then love is a hand grenade. Well, <laughs> people, this film is, it's all the, um, gosh, what's the word? Right, it's a fallout. It's a fallout from a drunken night out, right? And you know, hey, when alcohol is involved, things can get crazy. Things can definitely get crazy. Plus, you've got this friendship, which is... And you've got the one friend that is out there. And then the other friend who's, you know... Hey, look, we've got to calm down. we got to... Hey, you got to drink water to hydrate. You know what I mean? It's that friend. And it's just that dynamic... Right, so you're just watching all of this unfold. Plus, they really nail the drunk situation, the drunk scenes. For so many times you watch stuff and they, ugh, you don't believe it. So, yeah, that was great. That was great. So, yeah, I was very, man, I, I was very lucky to be able to watch all of these films. All of these films and shorts. Oh, and there's no duds. There was no dud, which is incredible, right? There was nothing that I would say, ugh, I wish I didn't waste my time on that. You know, so yeah, it was tremendous, people. So if you get the possibility to watch any of these films, grab it. Definitely grab it. Now, that isn't all. That's not all. Because, people... I had the pleasure, I had the pleasure of speaking to some of these incredible directors, you know, I reached out to a few, not everyone got back to me, but it's fine, 
You read? It's a busy time, right? Definitely a busy time. But we are going to be speaking with Jonathan Ozaki about Drama Rama, Emily El Fadi about From A to Q, and Jessica Bonahue about Love is a Hand Grenade. So, people, what are we going to do? Yeah, this is the end of part one. We're going to end it here. And then we're going to give you just the interviews, right? So, yeah, we're going to start off with Jonathan. We're going to go to Jessica. And we're going to be ending with Emily. So, go check those out, people. They're great. They're great. I really appreciate everyone giving me their time. Because we talked. (laughs) Yeah, we Talked, man. These conversations they went on, and they went in some crazy series of directions. You know, I I I feel bad for Jessica because we didn't talk as much about the film as I'd planned. Right, things just went, things just ran away with us. Right, but still great conversations. So people, go check them out. You can listen to them audio or. Go check out the videos. They're on the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely check them out. Because these directors have a lot to say. They're extremely talented. And they're, they're ones to watch, right? I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next. So that is it. That's the coverage all round up from this year's BFI Flare Festival. People, it was a great one. Um, want to thank everyone at the BFI for their help in um, me being able to, you know, view the films that I was able to view. And I am looking forward to next year. So, people, hope you enjoy the interviews. Um, leave a comment, share with your peoples. You know what I mean? Definitely share with your peoples. And, you know, if you want, I mean, Go rate on iTunes. All right, people. Hope you've enjoyed it. So, remember, we do Chin Check Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. There's Echo Chamber for all your other film loves, which comes out on a Thursday. And Echoes from the Void, which um, we throw out every Wednesday. So, go enjoy the other podcasts. And uh, we'll see you at the next festival. Peace. Okay, people, so yeah, that's it, that is it, so listen, in the um, episode information, we've got the links, you know, um, for for each episode, for the interviews, we've got information on, you know, each director's film, and all their, um, you know, Instagrams, their Facebooks, their, their Twitters, all of that. So go make sure you follow them, right? Because you don't want to miss what they're doing next. And it sounds like there is definitely some good shit coming next, people. So yeah, go follow them and keep track. Because if you see these films anywhere, you need to go with your posses and check that shit out. 
trust me you do not want to miss it they were fantastic all right until next time people peace